0: In the beginning, I definitely had some people who disagreed with me. I found it quite difficult. I used to hold my hands up and and perhaps be a people pleaser and say, I'm so sorry, I made you feel that way. I'm so sorry, you're right. That was very much in the beginning, and I realised that I was sacrificing my own values to be able to keep someone else happy, when ultimately my personal brand is um, the embodiment of all of my core values. Today, I stand up for myself when I have a voice about things. There may be times where I'm inaccurate about something, and I need to be educated and I will constantly be striving to educate myself more however there are times where I am going to be wrong and I need to learn to evolve beyond that and educate myself but also stand up for myself stand up for my values so yeah we are all going to get haters people will disagree that's what social media is but uh, there's a time and place where you're wrong and you need to admit that and there's a time and place where you're right and you have to stand up for yourself
1: Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys watching or listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever. And that will allow us to bring on bigger guests and ask the questions that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. My is Sina Sadzadeh. Thank you so much for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Izzy, how are you?
0: I am great. How are you today? Yeah,
1: very well, thanks. It's an absolute pleasure to get you on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. I really wanted to have you on for, for a while Um, I guess like the first question is, how did you get started on LinkedIn?
0: How did I get started on LinkedIn? So it's actually 2021. I had left my job on, I can remember the exact date actually, the 13th of May, 2021. And I signed up to the platform a few weeks prior, but I didn't actually post at all. And uh, came onto LinkedIn and put my first post up and discovered you know, this, this community of people, it's not just blog posts, articles, it's not, we're hiring, it's not, um, you know, we're delighted to announce we expanded the team. It were real creative community people. And I loved it, mm-hmm. I found my people. So I joined the platform, was testing it, experimenting it. And I realized that this was a community that other platforms didn't have. I dipped my foot into uh, Instagram, into, into TikTok, even into Facebook. Facebook. Didn't see the results there, but uh, vintage. LinkedIn was <laughs> where it was at, not vintage Facebook. I, d- I really didn't enjoy the whole uh, recording videos and mm. lip syncing and all these things that back in 2021 were mm. part of the yeah. social media strategy. So um, yeah, I came onto LinkedIn and it suited the content format I wanted to go with. I
1: think that LinkedIn ecosystem that you talked about has only really come about in the last like three, mm. three, four years, like before... When I first signed up to the platform, that didn't exist. No. It was all around news. So it was all around like people hiring. It was all around you know businesses raising money. It was it was around like innovations. It was around all these different type of things. And it was always positive as well. It was mm-hmm. never negative. It was always positive. Um, which is why, like, I never really had a good start off with LinkedIn because I always thought that it was only talking about the good things about business and never about the day-to-day not even the bad things but just about the, the normal things that happen yeah. on a daily basis so for me it wasn't like a realistic image of course when i was a teenager that i first signed up to the platform i didn't realize this i just thought that that's the way the business was so when i first started my business my first one at university i thought i was it was like a massive failure because it wasn't going in line with what everyone else was saying on linkedin so i guess like your first experience of linkedin was was probably a good one because you you when and immediately when it was like that creative space. Mm,
0: Definitely, and not only a creative, but real, as you mentioned there. I saw people who were very open on their posts saying that they've had to let go of some people, they've had to make some layoffs. Um, Even, hey, I'm open to business right now, I might be homeless in the next three months, I'm open to business and the amount of people who were supportive and commenting for reach and sharing yeah. and saying, you know, if you need help, I can help you with a newsletter, I can help you with a permanent, um, a temporary landing page. So not only com- the community was supportive, but there was a real and um, and kind element to it. And I'm not saying that it's always been that way, but it seemed over other platforms, especially like Twitter and TikTok, it wasn't as nasty. And I liked that. I felt as a young entrepreneur, I could settle in, make some connections and not feel a fear or hesitation to uh, put my name out there. Mm.
1: So that's what drove you to LinkedIn in the first place. I guess you dipped your toe in the water of all these different social platforms and LinkedIn was the one where you could express yourself creatively the best.
0: Mm, I am not one to create videos. I will sit with a camera in front of me for about two hours and I'll have a 100 videos in my phone gallery and I won't have posted a single one of them. I'm not a video editor. I'm not amazing behind the camera. So the idea of writing a piece of content and putting a creative flair to it Adding in some humanization mm. in and talking to my future clients and customers, that suited me so well in comparison to constant images and videos.
1: Mm. I wanna first talk about the, I guess like with LinkedIn, loads of people are always taught to post a lot, to, t- to talk about their journey, all this type of thing. And I don't, think, I don't think it's really talked about enough as to the reason why you should do that. Mm. And like, I guess the results that you can get, the opportunities you can get from it and that's what i really want to delve into first and then i want to talk in about i guess like how you actually do that and how how when you first started what what drove you to actually start growing your page Mm. so i guess like first off what what have been the opportunities that you've got like why should people care about linkedin essentially
0: okay Obviously, there are the simple things such as vanity metrics, seeing engagement fly in. Um, The algorithm of LinkedIn means that you can create a community for yourself and create an audience for yourself a lot easier than perhaps some other platforms because of the way that the platform is laid out. The timeline is literally this person commented on this post, this person shared this post. You're able to meet And you have the opportunity to build a relationship with people very easily in comparison to other platforms. Um, But beyond that, that surface level vanity metric, you've got an opportunity here to broaden your network. If you're attaining investment or sponsorships or whatever it may be, you're a search away from finding these people. You are a mutual connection away from finding Mm. these people. And that is the beauty of this platform. It is a real networking platform um, as well as that. I'd say that for some opportunities for myself and my personal brand, I've accrued now over 60,000 followers in a LinkedIn top voice. Um, If we dig a little bit deeper beyond, again, those vanity metrics, that top voice is for the Gen Z space. I am a voice for the Gen Z community of LinkedIn. And that is a real privilege for me as a 22-year-old woman to be able to have these conversations with LinkedIn HQ, but also to those future creators that come onto the platform and have a conversation of how can they grow, how, uh, how what opportunities can they find that I'm explaining to you right now. There's career opportunities if they're uh, looking for a job, there's entrepreneur entrepreneurial opportunities of lead generation brand awareness. Um, for myself, public talking opportunities coming on podcasts mm. like this, but equally next year I'm flying out to a island um, in East Africa and I'm delivering a workshop on personal branding and purpose that far away because I started posting on LinkedIn and that is an amazing opportunity. Um, But also beyond the materialism there, I had a really great opportunity in uh, a few months ago. I sat down with someone on a call who was building a business and has been building business over the last few years um, to help the 16 to 24 year olds, the future generations of our businesses. Um, And I've become an Ignite Champion. It's a community called Curious Entrepreneurs. And the idea that I'm sitting here as an Ignite Champion and able to help people market themselves and build their personal brands as uh, future leaders, that's something that's an amazing opportunity for me. So yeah, as I've just mentioned, so many opportunities, depending on whether you're a business owner, you're going to be an employee, it's, it's boundless.
1: Yeah, I think the, the more I've delved into the world of, of networking, and my, my business is actually built around networking, right? Like it's a networking tool. Um, I know how impactful having a strong network is. Mm. As, as, I don't know where you sort of stand on this sort of like argument because like some people want to succeed just based on the quality of business that they have. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to see it, People wanna do business and people want to work with people that they like and people mm. that they know and trust. And so having a strong personal brand, I feel like is a way of building trust at scale. Mm. So that's that's why I feel like LinkedIn's one tool, but there's other ways to, mm-hmm. of doing it. Um, but yeah, that's why I feel like it's such a, such a powerful thing,
0: right? Definitely, and I do agree in some ways there with you. Um, I pride myself and someone gave me this label a few weeks ago of like a super connector. I know people in the VC space and the angel investment space, agencies, whatever industry you could shout at me right now, I know someone I could connect you with them. And that's really beautiful because say I took on a new client and they're requiring something. um, I have a trusted network of people who I know deliver on good quality work. and, I can, and that's impacting my reputation, I would never recommend someone who would perhaps burn or exactly. uh, cause bad things. However, there is a, a line to be blurred here with what is an effective personal brand? What is an effective online reputation for someone? Because if someone has 100,000 followers, yet they're a narcissist, they're terrible at the work that they do, they're in an engagement pod or they're buying followers, from the outside world, does a future customer, investor, whatever it may be, do, do they look at the follower account Or do they see what the perception of other people have of that individual? Mm. And this is something that we really have to be careful of when we're looking to uh, use a service or choose to work with someone. Is their personal brand reflective of the credibility and the quality of work that they can deliver? Mm.
1: That's a very interesting one because I guess the argument to LinkedIn is... Mm. It's fake. It's not true. These followers, like, do they actually mean anything? If I, if this person, yes, they, they might build my trust over a long period of time. But I don't know. Maybe they're just a good talker. Maybe they're just a good mm. poster. Maybe their, maybe their content isn't even their content.
0: Who knows? Who knows? And uh, yeah, as you say, can they? If they talk the talk, can they walk the walk? And yeah. uh, some of the time, I've seen that hasn't happened. Unfortunately. Um, And it's difficult to know. I think a really good tool for measure here is obviously checking with other people in the community, looking at who they've worked with before, but equally looking at their comments and who does engage with them. Are they people like yourself, those future customers, prospective customers? Are they people who are in that industry and therefore this person can be seen as an industry leader, a thought leader, and therefore they're respected because of their work and credibility or are they respected because they are the loudest? Um, they're the person with the resources to be able to speak loud.
1: Mm. So I guess that's the dark side of LinkedIn, mm. right?
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs>
1: um, so we've talked about personal brands. Like, and I spoke a little bit about why it's so important. But I guess like for you, why is personal brand so important? So this goes sort of beyond LinkedIn. Mm.
0: Why is a personal brand important to yeah. me? I started my business focusing on my business brand and it never really created conversation with my target audience i was unable to have that human one-on-one conversation and get people clicking on my profile my instagram profile my TikTok profile whatever it may be um and really deep dig deep and be curious with these individuals and a personal brand for me and what i've grown to today has enabled those curious conversations where I have that conversation with someone and they walk away feeling like i care about them i care about the mission they have i care about doing great work with them to deliver on the objectives they have so in in one way i'd say it's that human one-on-one conversation but also if we go back to the opportunities that i had it's being able to create an impact on people I don't feel like my business brand, Spark, could deliver the exact same impact that I have as a person today and as a personal brand. The stories that I tell, I'm, I'm a relatively ordinary individual. Um, I went to school. I didn't go to university, but I've had stories and I've had a journey that a lot of people can resonate with. Mm. And therefore, sharing that via my personal brand means that other people have the opportunity to go on that path themselves.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I guess like for people listening who are curious about personal brand, but they they maybe feel like it's not for them because they're maybe in the B2B space Mm -hmm. or I don't know, like a lot of people might not think like it would benefit them. All the opportunities that you said, it might not come to them. So I guess um, who is this for? I know it sounds like a stupid question, but like what who is building a personal brand for?
0: I am going to be really cliche and say it is for everyone. I don't think that there is a criteria of what a personal brand needs. I think of, of what a personal brand, who, who a personal brand is for. Um, I would say that there are requirements and characteristics that you need to be able to see success in your personal brand. Um, So if we go beyond an occupational label of like an employee or a CEO or a young founder, um, it's someone who is ambitious enough to remain consistent in creating content, curious enough to change and evolve uh, their traits and their knowledge around a certain subject someone who is welcoming of disagreement, and also being able to sit in front of cameras, being able to sit in front of a public persona. Mm. There are trolls out there. There are people who are going to disagree with you, and you have to be resilient enough to say, I don't care about that. I accept the feedback. I accept that there is a differing perspective, but I'm strong in my voice, and I'm going to continue delivering on making an impact Um, And if someone is unable to do those things, I don't believe that they will see the success that they will put in for their personal brand.
1: Mm. And I guess uh, that is, again, a bit of the dark side of LinkedIn Mm. is when people disagree with you, it's fairly public, right? Like it's... I guess like have you how do you deal with the the negativity I guess within within the LinkedIn space
0: In the beginning I definitely had some people who disagreed with me. I found it quite difficult. Um, I used to hold my hands up and and perhaps be a people pleaser and say I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. I'm so sorry. You're right. That was very much in the beginning and I realized that I was sacrific- sacrificing my own values to be able to keep someone else happy, when ultimately my personal brand is um, the embodiment of all of my core values. Today, I stand up for myself when I have a voice about things. There may be times where I'm inaccurate about something and I need to be educated and I will constantly be striving to educate myself more. Mm. However, equally, we have to consider the fact that um, there are times where I am going to be wrong and I need to learn to to evolve beyond that and educate myself, but also stand up for myself, stand up for my values. So yeah, we are all going to get haters, people will disagree, that's what social media is, but uh, there's a time and place where you're wrong and you need to admit that and there's a time and place where you're right and you have to stand up for yourself.
1: Mm. And like, I guess for you more specifically, because you're very open on LinkedIn, Mm. like you post about mental health, you talk about challenges and I guess, this is, the, this is the angle of LinkedIn that I didn't have when I first signed up to the platform, which I think is a very refreshing and, and unique and new angle that I applaud whenever anyone does, does it, because it's very difficult to do so. You're putting yourself in the most public mm. place, I guess, and you're just leaving yourself, for, it's, it's very vulnerable. Mm. So why did you decide to do that firstly?
0: That's just my personality. I am very open about my mental health and the journey that I've been on in business and beyond. Um, There was a time last year where I faced burnout and I ended up giving notice to half of my client base. And I announced that on LinkedIn and it led to an ongoing conversation of people then talking to their workforce and making sure there's an open conversation around burnout and heavy workloads. Um, A conversation within the community of, are we all in such a toxic conversation on LinkedIn where we feel like we have to be working 20 hour days? Um, It's a conversation that I always feel not necessarily uncomfortable about, but there is no right or wrong. There's no black black or white of burnout, mental health, These sort of conversations um i pride myself in this authenticity because izzy who started her business would have wanted to see people who were real and authentic and shared the ups and the downs of their journey i think a lot of people if they saw this authentic content perhaps wouldn't choose to start a business today or wouldn't choose to go down a particular route if they knew the truth of it they wouldn't choose to opt on a certain path because they were sold a dream, they were sold mm-hmm. a positivity, and I think this is social. This is something that social media is turning more and more into, especially with AI and this technology coming about. We have no idea what truth is today. I have constantly been reminded that my authentic authenticity is an attribute that I carry positively, and I will continue to do that because I want my community to be those people who can share real conversations and not be afraid of suffering one week or not be afraid of being wrong, or uh, you know, struggling at times.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very difficult because, I guess if, you're, if you don't provide that voice in terms of like, the, the authentic, uh, in terms of like mental health, in terms of like, um, just being open and honest about that, I guess the space will be flooded with that positivity too much. And it's like, that will paint a negative image about what entrepreneurship, what business, and all that is like. And I guess um, that's what sets people up for, for anxiety and mm-hmm. failure in the future.
0: Definitely, and it's still commonplace on the platform. We're seeing so many 10K months, six-figure months, six, six, seven, eight, nine eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs, and. That's brilliant, there are people out there who are not lying about this, but if we're constantly scrolling through our timeline seeing this person hired again, they only hired last month, this person sold out of their new course immediately. If we're constantly seeing this on our timeline, we are going to internalize that and think, why am I not achieving that? Why? What do I need to do to be better? And in some ways, that's a positive because it strives to make you more ambitious. But equally, comparison can be, you know, as, as everyone says, the thief of joy, you stop to reflect on really the hard work that you're doing day in, day out and uh, not enjoying the position that you're in today because there's mm. always somewhere better. And it's an uncomfortable conversation because, yeah, we should always be striving to be 1% better every day, but... I do think that the platform's got significantly toxic when people are realizing that they can use their brand and their successes to play with people's emotions and make more money with it.
1: Mm, so that's that's in terms of like selling courses and mm. stuff like that, that's what were are talking about, right? Definitely,
0: definitely, and don't get me wrong. I feel like we're going, you know, mm. dark side of LinkedIn. There are so many yeah. positives that I mentioned earlier, but there are things that we definitely have to be cautious no, of. No, these,
1: these are important things for people to know about, especially if like, LinkedIn is a new tool for them mm. to use. And like, it's a very fine line. I, I always go between the two of like LinkedIn being a tool used for, for motivation and you seeing all these people doing some amazing things to, but in the contrast, the same content could be misconstrued mis- as like you, yeah, you comparing yourself to them and you, if you're not achieving what they're achieving, you're like, you feel that sense of anxiety mm. or, if, or if you're going down a path that they, they said would lead to success and you haven't you sort of like internalize that and kind of blame yourself so for me I have a constant dialogue within myself of like LinkedIn being good in terms of motivation but also LinkedIn possibly being toxic because it leads to like hustle culture and all mm, these different things but then
0: equally Twitter or X as it's called today yeah. that's significantly toxic and uh, not not the most supportive community and I will say, The comment sections that if you were to post the exact same piece of content and have the same following on each platform, LinkedIn community is so much more supportive and take that as you wish. But I think social media in general is toxic. It's just um, when this is business and it's not... Uh, photoshopped bodies and makeup Mm. and all these uh, Instagram models it's actual business success and the model is being a brilliant 10k plus um, you know six-figure entrepreneur whatever it may be so I think our illusion of success starts to get warped more and more
1: it's funny how it's literally the same thing Mm. in terms like and people don't really run the comparison of say like these these, okay so say if there's a, a fashion influencer that's like posting around like gym videos and stuff like that and then um, you know their audience is like young young women and then' like she's basically setting a fitness course to get like her body but in actual fact behind the scenes she's like taking all these different types of pills or getting mm. these different types of surgery and so her body's not attainable but her audience thinks think, thinks it is mm. and she's profiting from her course and you, you see that, that's a, that's yeah. commonplace people don't really see the comparison on LinkedIn, People like, even though it exists.
0: So I'm gonna give you a great example here, is I often get messages from people saying, Izzy, you've grown your personal brand to 60,000 followers, the engagement that you get on your posts is brilliant, um, you're doing so well for yourself, so many opportunities, how can I be like you? And I go, Okay so first of all, you don't want to be like me. you're your own unique individual yeah. but I also want to be transparent with the fact that I came onto the li- link I came onto the platform, the LinkedIn platform when personal branding had only just became a thing. it was given its label. Of course over the years it's had its label digital reputation, self-made marketing, whatever it may be. but on this business platform it was still something that we- everyone was trying to work out and study. Um, I came on just at the right time where I had other people my age to to network with, to engage with, and to align myself with. Mm. Today, there are a significant amount of people fighting for the attention. Um, and I don't know if my account would have grown so quickly if I started today in comparison to two and a half years ago. So I'm still working hard and I try not to uh, take my account for granted, but... Um, yeah, I, I think it's silly to say, I want to embody this person's personal brand when you have your own core values, mm. you have your own characteristics and successes and stories that and perhaps a completely different target audience.
1: So let's talk about personal brand, let's talk about LinkedIn in terms of growth. So like people listening, they've got, the op- they've got the, an idea of what the opportunity would look like. They want to, to take it seriously in, in today's age, so not like two years ago mm-hmm. when you started. I guess, like, how do they get started on LinkedIn? How do they grow?
0: Okay, so before you even upload your first post or uh, send your first message, I would obviously sign up to the platform and, you know, get a profile picture going. Take some time to curate your profile and see this as a billboard to sell yourself. It is your brand and it is the, you know, the pit stop where people, you know, the first stage that people visit to understand who you are. And, um, you know, you want to display who you are beyond the university you went to or the job that you're currently working at. Um, Take some time here to uh, put some effort into this, maybe graphic design, if you have the resources, outsource to a graphic designer for a banner, perhaps, um, you know, a featured section, wherever, whatever stage you're at. And then I want you to strategize who you are. A lot of things, um, one piece of advice I give with clients is get a massive A3 piece of paper and create a mind map of who this person is who is Izzy Pryor because she is beyond the agency um beyond the label of an agency owner of a personal branding agency she is someone who's driven by purpose over profit she's someone that plays rugby she is someone who loves having conversations um, beyond the surface level meaningful conversations surrounding entrepreneurship Mm. she she's a big fan of an advocate of young entrepreneurship and then also personal branding and as you can see there there is so much that embodies me beyond being an agency owner so i suggest a lot of people do this and what they will see when they create this mind map is all of the core values they have as a human will embody every single label that they've given themselves, whether it be a rugby player or a marketer. Um, and this is, these core values are the things that weave who you are today. Now, once you've done that, you will very easily be able to pick out content pillars or content buckets, and these are topics that you will be able to frequently talk about on your platform and on on LinkedIn. Um, And then very easily, or perhaps with direction of, um, you know, social media or ask the public, I think Mm. there's a a content platform called like that, Um, you'll be able to find prompts to be able to create content surrounding that rather than simply, you know, hi, my name's Izzy and I'm joining LinkedIn. You want to add a little bit of difference and uniqueness to your opinions on industry news, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where your content strategy comes about. I could talk about that for hours, but um, in terms of the content side, understanding yourself first is very key and then everything will come as a result of that. Um, One big growth uh, piece of advice that I would give is, your network is your net worth if i did not network with other young and older entrepreneurs when i started out i wouldn't be where i am today the younger audience that i worked with were the sounding board the inner circle the support group that i had as i was learning the platform and building my business the older entrepreneurs were the mentors And some of them actually ended up being clients of the services that I used to offer. Um, But equally, so many of these people I'm still good friends with today, and they've helped me grow and challenged me to be better than I was last year, the year before. Um, And as a result of that, We engage with each other's content because we care about one another. We've developed a meaningful business relationship and that is not an engagement pod. That is people who are aligning on interests and core values and experiences, helping one another out and supporting one another because we actually enjoy each other's content rather than liking and commenting on someone's post because I have to, I have to Mm. reciprocate that. You have a choice, but equally I will say that creating a network and putting effort into meaningful relationships is your fast track to growing on LinkedIn because it's just like word of mouth in business you will get referrals even if you're in the same industry selling the exact same service you may have a referral from you know mate Billy down the road who uh, can't take on any new clients until next year or the client's not a um a good fit they're not compatible that referral is worth its weight in gold over constantly putting out content and hoping that the next person who reads it will be in your inbox asking for services
1: mm, that's an amazing piece of advice because i think a lot of people am by no means a linkedinist expert <laughs> but like, i think a lot of people preach that the quality of content you have to put out there it has to be good it has to be obviously authentic but what you're saying as an extra caveat is find your community, find Mm. the people that you vibe with, find the people that inspire you as well and engage with them um, on the platform. And I guess like that's something that I don't think many people have said.
0: I will say like regarding content quality, we all strive for quality. We always want to have the best format, the best video, The best photo to accompany a piece of text post um, to draw people's eyes in with a good hook with a great meat and body of a text a great call to action Um, i don't think that we should overlook these things because they're the difference between someone clicking on your profile and inquiring and not but equally i have seen amazing personal brands of business owners excel with content that really isn't that brilliant but it's because of the community they've brought in Mm. and the amount of people that have resonated with who they are and the quality of their actual service rather than a piece of copy. So it definitely is a balancing act there of, should I strive to network more and build good, Relationships, or should I strive for better copy? Now, I would say both, but mm. that's because I'm someone who does know how to write a copy. I understand not everyone would be able to, yeah. and that's when, obviously, you can consider outsourcing, using a copywriter, training yourself, learning. But um, it's always going to be a balancing act, and I think anyone who runs a business knows that you're constantly juggling 10 million things at once, so many plates are spinning.
1: So that brings me nicely to the next question, I guess, in terms of, like okay, that's the game plan for LinkedIn, I guess the opportunities you already you already said, but I guess um, it seems like a fairly obvious thing to be doing, but then, like, what are the main things that people say as to what holds them back, like, engaging with LinkedIn? And I, I think, like, for myself, it would be, a like, time, obviously, and then, like, energy, content ideas, all these different things, and I get them, they're valid, but I guess, like, how do you, what are your sort of, like, feedbacks to those?
0: Okay, so, when I hop on a discovery call or a networking call with someone and it comes into the conversation of, oh, I really should work on my personal brand. I My business coach has told me I need yeah. to start posting on LinkedIn or getting on there. Or we really need to. We've been wanting to for the last year but haven't had time. Um, I dig a little bit deeper and I, ad, I ask those uncomfortable questions. And it usually comes up with a hesitancy to post because they care too much what other people think. They don't want to brag about perhaps the investment that they've attained or, you know, fundraised. They don't want to brag about the company they've grown over the last 10 years. They don't want haters in their comments disagreeing with them. They're too hesitant and they are hind- this growth is hindered by a fear of caring what other people think. And it blows my mind because I'm sitting on a call with someone who has scaled a business to you know three and a half million dollars, um, whatever it may be. And they're not putting the amazing stories that they've had out there. So there are a couple of things that you mentioned there that I will object to and I will give you a response to. So time, if you have the money, then uh, look at outsourcing your copy or working with an accountability coach or getting an admin to take the tasks of your day that don't require you and your unique brain and your decision-making. Energy, um, I think that's just an excuse because as business owners, we're always juggling and spinning plates. Um, When you educate yourself on LinkedIn and start to understand what is needed, It becomes addictive, and I will say it it becomes sort of an obsession to be able to network with these people and to be able to reap in these rewards, content ideas. You have um, resources out there. There's something. Ask the public or ask the audience. There's other people's posts. You can literally scroll scroll the platform for five minutes, and. Find frameworks and inspirations from other people. Perhaps they've had an objection from, um, you know, someone. Use that, but obviously, don't take their copy and paste it. Use it as an inspiration. Put it into a bank and think I'm going to write a post that's about why I started a business or uh, what my purpose is. Mm. Equally, you're probably having a number of sales calls a week or conversations with your staff members turn that into content one great piece of advice that i gave someone last year and it actually led to more leads generated was take the objections that you have and are facing on your calls those sales calls and turn it into a piece of content because immediately if you're saying to someone we cost this much because of x y said Put that in a piece of content. We cost this much because we're delivering on this. We are, you know, this is the great quality work that we provide, et cetera, et cetera. You're cutting down further objections. You're enabling more sales calls to be booked. And also you're building trust with your audience by being so transparent. There are so many content ideas just brimming around the room in your, and in your brain. You just need to speak with someone. I'm sure in this podcast, I've come up with 100 content ideas that I could turn into copy at a future date. Having a conversation, that creates content. So um, I think there are so many reasons why people put off uh, starting on LinkedIn. Um, but when they start to educate themselves, it's often, the starting, that is the problem. And when they do start and get going, they find that they were holding themselves back altogether in the first place. Hmm.
1: I think Izzy, that's a wonderful note to <laughs> actually end the podcast on. Because I think that's the that's the main reason is like time, energy, content ideas. It's what I've been telling myself to be fair. And I, I know that I deep down I can come up with content ideas. I do have the time and I do have the energy because I, I do know what the opportunities can hold. Mm. So um, yeah I think it's one, it's one of those things that people tell themselves to hold them back as with a lot of other things as well. mm, it's, not, it's one of those limiting sort of beliefs um, so Izzy thank you so much for coming thank on the podcast you. and uh, yeah I'm sure we'll speak very soon, thank you